For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Kentucky is in here on a short week, long weekend for everybody. Got Aaron Gershon and Jalen Whitlow here. My name is Vinny Hardy. Coming to y'all, Believe.com, like always, wherever you get your podcast. Hope you listen to this episode as well as all our other stuff in the archive. We definitely appreciate it. Fellas, man, how y'all doing on this, this Wednesday evening? Doing pretty well, man. I got a little day off tomorrow, obviously. Thanksgiving, always fun getting that day. Uh, you and I have more stressful. Fo- I hate uh, you. Got I hate that the, the Giants are playing on Thanksgiving as a fan because I like just watching games without stressing. So I can't imagine as a Cowboys fan, Vinny, like every year, like Thanksgiving has to be stressful. At least that's how I am with my teams. Like I, I, I get sick and it's more so now that the Giants are actually good and not garbage. Like you know, I get nervous watching them. So I kind of hate that the game's tomorrow and I have to stress on Thanksgiving. But it's all good. Yeah. And thoughts out to Wandell as well for for you, yeah, from the UK yeah. standpoint and as a Giants standpoint, being yeah, man, season, season get cut short like that. He was he was balling for him, and it sure was big thing. So we hope we have a speedy recovery. Yeah, one hundred percent. You good, Jay man? Yeah, man. Um, you know, yeah, I hated to see that um, the Wandell thing, but. Man, unfortunately, that's in the past. I don't know how many years, man. I don't know how many ACLs we've been having every year in football. It's crazy, but uh, I hated to see that. I hated to see the hand the hooker thing. Uh, yeah, man, I hated to see that because I, you know, if they could have, you know, even if they lost, I think he would still made it to New York. But I think now that he's injured, they probably they probably fill his fill his spot with somebody else. But um, but yeah, you know, but other than that, I'm good, man. You know, just enjoying, you know, enjoying the time and making the most of everything and uh hopefully watch some good football uh tomorrow on Thanksgiving. So uh, I'm not I'm not a fan of any of the teams playing necessarily, so I kinda can watch a little bit stress free. I'm uh, jealous. But I, I do like watching the egg bowl though. I love watching I, I do too. I don't even unless it's a really good matchup, I don't even mess with the late Sunday night game. Or yeah. Thursday, excuse me, Thursday night NFL game. And this year it's like New England, Minnesota, like I'll pass and Egg Bowl, baby. Yeah. And that maybe it'll be Lane Kiffin's last game. Who knows? Uh, two of the best personalities on the sidelines, pretty good quarterbacks. Uh, more so at state, but you know what I mean? That's a great matchup, great rivalry. Yeah. I love watching the game. It's always a, a football game and a boxing match, seems like. Mm-hmm. So it's always, uh, always fun to watch. And I think. Well, we know for a fact that 
nationally, people outside of the South are going to be more familiar with the uh, the Iron Bowl. You know, Auburn, Alabama nationally will be up there with Michigan, Ohio State, things of that nature. But that Egg Bowl, man, they, they hate each other. Each other, and this, you know, Mississippi doesn't get the notoriety of Auburn and Alabama. But woo, that. That's that's must watch pretty much every year. You know, yeah, man. Cool, man. Yeah, it's very very underrated, man. I I I rank it. I'll probably rank it. I probably rank it third amongst the rivalries that I like to watch. It's like yeah. it's Iron Bowl is uh the game, the big game or the game whatever they call it. Ohio State Michigan. Then it's the Egg Bowl, man. <laughs> that Egg Bowl, you know, it's always crazy, man. And again, I like watching. Uh, I like what Lane Kiffin doing offense. I like watching them. Oh yeah. I built a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff. I learned a lot of stuff from Mike Leach's system, the air raid, played in the air raid for a year. I like watching that too. Um, so, you know, it's always fun for me, you know, especially now with those two guys on the sidelines. Like you said, two of the most, I don't know about Mississippi, about Mississippi right now, man. They got some of the most, uh, you know, characters as head coaches that you could think of. I mean, you got Dion in there. Oh, man. Yeah, you got, uh, <laughs> you, got yeah, Lamp- he- you got uh Leach. Yeah, even even when you had Hugh Freeze and Dan Mullen, man, that, that's like a there are some entertaining coaches that have been in and out of that state the last ten years or so. Yeah, sure, definitely. Man. I think for the old school people, I think Jackie Sherrill was kind of a character back in the day. I mean, yeah. Social media wasn't around back then, but he was he was a person yeah. back then. And that Houston Nutt was at Ole Miss too. <laughs> it's always been something through the years. His, his brother was uh, was our running backs coach at. Uh... Oh, is that right? Danny, yeah, Danny Nutt. I used to like everybody like Coach. Everybody like Coach Nutt. He, he was exactly what he was, or what his last name. He, he lived up to his last name. There you go, man. So yeah, all kind of, all kind of fun stuff to to keep your eye on. Uh, you know, Kentucky, Louisville. Hey, look, and you mentioned Hendon Hooker, when we hate to see him get hurt. How funny, you know. College football is, as we know, Jalen, you played it. Aaron and I watch it closely. But last week, you're talking about Florida beating the smoke off of North Carolina, who turns around the next week and beats the smoke off of Tennessee. And then Florida goes and loses to Vanderbilt, who, <laughs> thanks to Kentucky, we got got Vanderbilt rolling. You know, they might be bowl eligible, win or lose, because of the APR. Yeah, and this. They might just get it straight up, earn it because this Tennessee Vandy game got a lot harder, especially with Hooker out. Them winning two conference games is yeah. at Vandy. They're playing. We beat Tennessee. We're going to a bowl. You think that ain't some motivation? Oh, no, they'll be they'll be ready to rock. That's a Super Bowl for them, man. That's a mm-hmm. Super Bowl, man. And I heard uh, I was listening to um, Josh Heupel talking about how you know on Monday, which is expected, but you know, how his team was just dragging. You know, it's, that's a tough loss. Your, your leader just, you know, got terribly injured out for the year. You know, I, again, as I said last week with South Carolina, Tennessee, I said, I'll say it this week, watch out for uh, the Vandy in Tennessee, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it, this is Vandy's super, like, legit Super Bowl. Like, they yeah. put, I mean, every egg they got in this basket here. So, Tennessee new quarterback. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if the linebacker will be back. He was suspended for South Carolina game, Jeremy Banks. But um, you know, this is this is a Super Bowl for Vandy. So I expect them to come out and you know, they balls to the wall, man. 
It's an eerie similar year. Tennessee in 2016, you know, they beat Florida. They be, they ended up beating Georgia that year, but on that Hail Mary, uh, Dobbs to, uh, I believe it was Jawan Jennings. But, you know, they had a they had a two-overtime loss at number eight A&M. They got smoked by Alabama. So they were a two-loss team. And, they're only, and then they, you know, the only thing separating them from a big bowl were South Carolina and Vanderbilt, and they lost those two games. So uh, they were, history might repeat itself here. They ended up finishing that year. Uh, nine and four and they won the music city bowl over nebraska so you know a, <laughs> this game for them is that you know obviously their playoff hopes are probably uh probably hosed i mean they would need a, a small miracle to get in uh with other teams losing but yeah i mean it's a potential game that could knock you out of a new year six with how competitive the field is yeah and i think i think we should talk about this playoff thing i guess <laughs> I, I, I'm so confused with the playoff thing. It's man. nuts, huh? I, I am confused because I I just don't understand some of the stuff. That, well, I'm sure we'll get to it though. But yeah, we'll save that. Yeah, yeah, but, but definitely. Um, Kentucky fought maybe harder than a lot of people thought. That's sixteen to six against Georgia. We've seen this before. You know, Georgia came up here a couple of years ago. It was fourteen to three. You know, yes, a little drip of some offense and you might be able to pull off an upset. 16 to 6. Look, I'll say it. Who who thought that the margin of defeat in the football game against Georgia would be smaller than the margin <laughs> of defeat and for the basketball game against Gonzaga? They That's a great point. Team. Kentucky loses to Georgia by 10. Nope. Nobody thought that. No. I even said it last week. Kentucky gonna have to have help. They need some scooping scores. They need some punt returns. They need some special teams. And the defense went out there and just, you know, gave up field goals. And when Georgia's been money in the red zone all year long, yeah, one touchdown is all they get. And, hey, I mean. Yeah, I mean, kudos to Brad White in that unit, uh, especially guys like Zion Childers I thought played amazing. Uh, Jamarius Stinkins was involved on both those plays at the one-yard line. You turned them away. You know, some so some new guys kind of stepping up too when there are a lot of injuries on that unit. So, yeah, it, it was – <laughs> I mean, that Georgia team was coming in. You mentioned how good they were in the red zone, and Kentucky holds them. You know, I think they go – they scored one touchdown in the red zone, and then they had three field goals, and then they got the goal line stand. So they were also just in total, they were averaging 40 points a game. And I think they were sixth in total yards. And you held Seston Bennett to, I think, like 115 passing yards. I mean, it was just a, and they really contained the tight ends. I mean, those guys weren't much of a factor. So awesome, awesome job by the defense. I mean, that was a, that was an elite performance against an elite team. And as for the offense, <laughs> same thing, man. You know, they moved the ball. This game, they moved the ball particularly well. I thought Will Levis was a lot quicker on his feet. You know, he talked about being healthier. That showed. He had some really nice deep balls, but they can't figure out a third and one play on that opening drive. They go the same play on third and fourth and one, get stopped. You know, the, the interception in the end zone was bad. A missed field goal again. And, you know, go figure their only points are on a 99-yard drive. So, uh you know, they showed some good things on tape, but I thought they left so much out there again and so frustrating. Yeah, you know, again, same thing with the offense, and, and I'll get to that. But, you know, first of all, I think this game was, you know, Mark Stoops special. Yeah. <laughs> Muddy it up, make the other team's offensive, especially the, off the other team's passing game, not as good. 
um, you know, kind of slow the game down, manage the, the possession and time of possession as best as they can. Um, and, you know, just, you know, just just make things great for the opposing offense is what, what he's always been good at. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think this was a surprise to – from a standpoint of just watching, the, you know, the past, you know, eight – seven or eight years of how his defense is performing these type of games. Um, but, you know, great performance by the defense. I thought it was a great plan. Uh, you know, for some reason, they don't get Bowers the ball enough, which, you know, obviously helped Kentucky. Um, so that was good. But, you know, on the flip side, offense, again, offense actually moved the ball pretty well at times. Um, but my, my thing is, and I've said this on here before, they moved the ball the best when Georgia knew they were going to throw the ball to try to get back into the game late. And they were still able to complete passes down the field. So my thing is, if you got a guy like Barry Brown, let's, uh, let's do that earlier in the game. Yeah. They like, did it on the first play. Yeah. You got a guy like Will Levis. Let's do that earlier in the game. I, I you know, I just don't, I just, it's hard for me to understand. It, it has to be, it has to be Stoops saying, look, let's just slow it down, run the ball. It has to be. Because if you got a, a potential first-round draft pick at quarterback, man, you see what happens when he gets some confidence that he gets to throwing the ball down the field. You know, yeah. passes get completed, right? You got good – you throw it to a good player, man. Like, I don't – I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it, like I said, it's, it's tough to watch, man, because, you know, I want to see a guy like that show his talent. Like, you know, he's talented at throwing a football. Let's see it. Uh, but, you know, again, we've been the dead horse here on you know, week 12. But, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, hopefully against Louisville, they they do that. Louisville's one, you know, I'm sure we'll get to this. But, you know, this game is going to be interesting to me. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this. I think it's going to be – it's a lot of, you know, matchups in this game that uh, it's going to be real interesting. But – yeah, come out and come out and 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 I mean this this is potentially this kid's last game in a Kentucky uniform. Yeah, it'll be. Um, you know, and he kind of he kind of alluded to it in his interview. Um, yeah. he, he's I, you know I don't know if he slipped up and said something that he really didn't try to say, but he kind of alluded to it um, that he was like I don't know. You know, usually when guys gonna play, they can say Yeah, I'm playing. Um, so last game probably for this kid. Uh, let him go out. Let him go out and throw the ball. Home game. I'm not sure how the weather would be, but uh, regardless of how the weather is, unless it's just monsoon, let that kid go play, man. Let him run the ball, help you with his feet. Let him throw the ball to Barry on Brown, who's probably going to be a first-round draft pick one day or close to it uh, with his talent. As, you know, as long as he keeps developing as a receiver, just the art of playing receiver, he needs a lot of work. But just pure raw talent, he's, he's the best player on that team, in my opinion. Um, so – you know, that's how I feel about it. So, you know, get get those guys, you know, play to their strengths. Yeah, it, it was so frustrating to see them. You know, they have the two one-yard runs or a one-yard loss to start the game, false start, whatever. They're at third and 11, 31-yard pass. And then later in the drive, he hits Caddis for 13. And they went away from the, you know, they go away from the pass the rest of the drive. They have a nine-yard run with the McLean. They actually did throw an incompletion. And then one-yard run with the McLean, one-yard uh, one loss with the Rodriguez. You turn the ball over on downs. The next drive, you start with an 11-yard completion to Dane Key. You have a 12-yard completion to Key two plays later. And, you know, eventually you get down to 
the Georgia, where they end up finishing at the Georgia 18 yard line, and they threw that pick in the end zone. So I, I just don't get how you go away from the pass when, you know, Levis started the game three for four, or a little more than that, four for five. So like I, I just don't get how you how you shy away from that, and then you know the middle you know the middle third of the game they didn't really throw the ball again until that ninety nine yard touchdown drive, and then they, they you know they got downfield on the drive after that with the Barry on forty seven yard play and go down and do their special thing with the field goals. So. And wasn't uh, a few days ago Skangarello basically intimated that sometimes I'm told to run the ball or that's kind of his side of the story. I think in the press conference, uh, I don't know if it was John Wong that kind of asked Stoop straight up how much influence he has. Yeah, he was asked about that yesterday. He was asked about it, and he, you know, kind of gave a long answer, but kind of said very little is what is what he said. Very little to none was his exact he answer. Said the same thing. I think a lot of the fans harken back to the uh the sec inside where it was kentucky against vanderbilt the game was way close way closer than it should have been i think Kentucky won the game 14 to 7 at home yeah it was the 2018 season that's exactly right Ian stoops on the mic give it to 26 run it run it give it to 26 run it give it to 26 so that's a lot of input just in that little 30 second show yeah. and that and that show gets edited and and this and that and the other but i, I don't i think a lot of people still kind of yeah. hang on to that and say stoops is kind of telling these coordinators what to do and we've well, seen coordinators come and go and all of that so i don't know well, jalen what was it like when you were you were obviously playing under that for a year did he say much or was it i guess it would have been neil brown show then yeah i mean i think i think it's pretty i think it's pretty obvious from if you just and y'all know this, watching Kentucky football since Stu's been there, um, we know that he has – he's putting his stamp on what happens on game day. Is he in the meeting room game planning? Probably not as much. I'm sure he's – his name is on the dotted line. So he's reviewing the game plan. He knows what's going on. But on game day, um, most defensive coaches are going to – be on the side of reluctancy when it comes to putting the ball in air, you know, because they want to play the safe game, most of them. And I've I've seen that from my own standpoint, just calling plays. And I know it's high school, but same thing, right? Defensive head coach, there's times where, a lot of times where they want the ball handed off to the best player safely. Uh, so that's happening. We know that, you know, I, I don't think that's a question. We know that that's happening. I know for a fact that that's happening. You know what I'm saying? I, I know that it is. So uh, my thing is, if, as a coordinator, I got to the point where um, I'm going to call a pass anyway. And that seems very disrespectful, but this is, this is my logic behind it. At the end of the day, you've got playmakers playing receivers. If your playmakers aren't happy, usually your your playmakers are the most influential people on the team, uh, leadership wise. Whether they're they're always in a leadership position because they are good, whether they can actually lead is a different thing. But they're in a leadership position, so guys are gonna the kids are gonna follow those guys. If those guys are disgruntled, not happy, not playing as hard because they know that they're not gonna get the ball, what happens to everybody else is a trickle down effect. Right. So you see everybody else start to uh, not be as happy, negative energy, 
right? That type of thing. So you want to get your players the ball at the end of the day. If you're throwing it to some of your best players and, you know, how, as a as a head coach, I don't see I don't see the issue. But again, my name never been on that dotted line, you know, with that much at stake. So I understand it from their standpoint, but they need to understand it from the standpoint of we got to keep everybody together. We got to spread the ball around. We got to be we got to and keep the defense honest. Right. If I'm playing Kentucky, I'm I'm not going to do much on defense outside of one thing unless it's an obvious pass down. I'm going to put more than you can block in the box. and I'm going to play man coverage on the perimeter. Beat me. That's what I'm going to do. So, you know, as a coordinator, those guys know that, right? Now, you got to have a coordinator with some balls, though, right? You got to be able to – you got to call it anyway because at the yeah. end of the day, if it's, if it's working, call it anyway because the head coach, he's going to yell at you sometimes what it is, what it is. That's why you see Lane Kiffin getting yelled at by Nick Saban back in 14 and 15. <laughs> that was. But what happened in 2015? They, they ran the ball with Clemson Derrick Henry. In the national championship. They run the ball with Derrick Henry, but they beat Clemson in the national championship throwing the ball down the field. <laughs> O.J. Howard. That's how they won the game. So you can say what you want to say, but if you got a talented quarterback, you got talented receivers, get the guys the freaking ball, man. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day. Yeah, and I think even – and Vinny, that was a great point. Thing I didn't even think about that 2018 clip about you know Stoop saying feed 26. That team was you know that was their identity though because Terry Wilson, I I mean great kid. I really loved how he matured over his time in Lexington. Not a great passer. That's just what it was that year specifically. And Benny was the best running back in the SEC by far. And the receivers that year. Weren't even they just weren't good. I mean, they no offense to Boob who's going to come on here, but Boob was a walk on making plays because they didn't have that many guys above them. So, um, it, it they, that that was kind of you know, and it that I remember I was at that game. It was it was like thirty degrees, twenty degrees, and you know Terry Wilson's from Oklahoma, which I guess it gets cold, but not like it was that day. Um, it was just Vanderbilt had a really good secondary that year. They had a kid who got drafted in the second round uh, in the uh, ensuing draft. So they, they wanted to run the ball. I remember that game pretty well. But, yeah, it, it's just this – it just feels like they've missed an opportunity this year. And maybe part of it's that injury with Will Levis. We don't know exactly how bad or when he really started feeling the toe and then the shoulder. Well, the shoulder we know is against State, but Mississippi State. But I don't know about the when the turf toe really started because Gangrillo said – think he said last week it's been happening for eight weeks so that's before the old miss game um so we don't know that but it just feels like with a quarterback like will who has such a great arm he's going to be a first round pick and you know like jalen said barry on brown might be the most talented player on this roster uh dane keys a very good receiver tavion robinson's been underutilized ever since the beginning of the year it just feels like they missed an opportunity absolutely i don't know how we haven't cross paths in person before because i mean i didn't cover every single game but i've been covered football games and basketball games. that might have been my last game i ever sat in the stands at kroger field because i was still a student okay yeah i think that was the last game at kroger field i sat in the stands was that one <laughs> i should have crossed paths with you at rupper kroger field at some point it's crazy <laughs> louisville comes in we, we just Saw Georgia leave in their vaunted defense, and with all the guys they lost, how still the level that they've been able to continue to sustain 
as they defend their title. But Louisville defensively has put up numbers and can on paper be a challenge for this offensive line that hasn't played to the level of the big blue walls of the past. Is this just because they're in the ACC or they legitimately gotten that much better? What's when you talk about this matchup, what, what kind of stands out that has made them be so much more of a challenge than maybe everybody thought they would be. I think uh, they, they, they definitely got some pass rush going yeah. uh, and they mix it up on defense. They do a lot on defense as far as schematically. Um, but I think Kentucky, what, what, what's good about it is Kentucky's offense kind of limits you to how much you can do because you got to play big personnel against Kentucky because they're going to play 12 personnel with two tight ends. You know, they may play 13 personnel. They may play 21 personnel, two backs, one tight end, right? They may play 22. I mean, you know what I'm saying? They, they mix it up. So as a defensive coordinator, that kind of limits you because you need to figure out the most important thing is, is matching personnel. So they can still mix it up on defense, but that's not the most important thing when it comes to playing a team like Kentucky. So um, that's going to be a challenge for Louisville when it comes to that. And it's a challenge for everybody because Kentucky is really – versatile when it comes to that but um on the flip side of that is they have been getting their hands on a lot of tip passes you know interceptions for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. She's ripping the ball out. They've been doing that. Uh, now, Kentucky doesn't hasn't been turning the ball over that much recently. Um, so I would feel confident that, you know, they wouldn't start now. Um, so I, I think it's a good matchup because there's going to be some give and take. Uh, with that, you know, there's going to be some give and take. I do think that you can exploit their back end a little bit with what what Kentucky has on that receiver. I think you can exploit them a little bit, um, and that's going to be a big part of the game. How many explosive plays can you generate? Because on the flip side, you know, they had a quarterback who's from my hometown, Malik Cunningham, uh, who can generate explosive plays with his arms and his legs. So if he's healthy, um, that adds an extra element, almost like the Mike Wright element, right? And he's a little yeah. – he's, he's better than Mike Wright. Uh, he's a better player than Mike Wright. So um, if he's healthy. So we'll see how that goes. But that's an interesting matchup. You got another quarterback who can move. Uh, you got another defense who can rush the pass it. So, um, you know, we'll see how they work around that schematically, how they put guys in position to be successful. But I think it's one of those games. I think it could be a game where it could be high scoring. Yeah. I do think it could be a high scoring game because uh, I do think um, Kentucky, even though they only scored six points last week, nobody's scoring against Georgia. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, they had some they had some confidence building drives. They had some confidence building uh, explosive plays down the field. Maybe Stoops, Scangarello say, okay we develop some passing continuity against the best defense in the land. 
So let's see what we can do against, you know, a Louisville team who can rush the passer. Now, I think Kentucky screen game helps that. Kentucky screen game helps slow down rushers. So uh, you can pin your ears back and rush all you want. We're going to let you rush. We're going to drop a screen off right behind you um, and, and, and kind of slow you down. So later on in the game, third or fourth quarter, are those guys still rushing as hard when they've been hit with a couple screens? So this is a game where screen game can really help you when Louisville get aggressive. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. It could be a chess match, but I think I think the game is going to be, you know, in the 30s, uh, in my opinion. I think Kentucky can score 30-plus against these guys. I think Louisville, if you let them get loose with, with that quarterback, they can they can score. Uh, but, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully they can muddy the game up on defense like they usually do in, and get a good win on, on the senior day. You talk yeah. about a back end that can be exploited. And again, we, we saw that with Tennessee. We saw that with Vanderbilt. This carryover, this confidence uh, from Georgia, maybe that will lead to them being able to exploit a back end. Yeah. When we should have been seeing them exploit back in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least the, you know, the numbers aren't as egregious as, you know, Vanderbilt and both Vanderbilt and, and Tennessee were going into those games 130th uh, against the past card. Uh, the cards are ranked 41st. They're giving up 208 yards and change. So that's, you know, that's average. Um, but yeah, like Jalen said, they turned the ball over at an insane rate. 28. That's the most in the country or second most in the country. Actually, Western Kentucky leads the country in turnovers, believe it or not. Uh, but um, most among power five. And, you know, sacks there, number one in the country, 33. So it, I thought Rich Scangarillo had a pretty good comp. He kind of compared their defense to Ole Miss, which I actually think, you know, is pretty fair. Ole Miss is really good at getting after the quarterback. They don't have, like, the big, you know, heavy guys, but they have the speed rushers who, um, you know, just get to the quarterback. <laughs> you know, they're not necessarily the most technique-sounded or the most, you know, physical. They're just – fast and tough to slow down so um and obviously you know they do a, lot, a really good job creating turnovers so uh yeah it's, it's an interesting I, I feel like I think Jalen's on to something I think this game's either going to be really high scoring or really low scoring I don't like seeing in between you know what I mean I just feel like um I feel like obviously we know Kentucky's had so much success against this Louisville defense even just last year um maybe they could repeat find a recipe there especially if Will can really run but you know, Kentucky's defense has done a really good job with Malik Cunningham the first three times they faced him. I think it's, you know, Mike Wright, they hadn't, you know, they'd faced him, but not like for full games. Um, and I think, I think they just overlooked Vanderbilt completely. I think there was a lack of getting up for that game. Uh, I think it was just a mess. They're going to be ready for this one. And I'm sure we'll ask Galen about what it was like playing in this rivalry, even though it was a little different back then. Um, but they're going to be up for this game. There's not going to be any overlooking, um, you know, they know the personnel better. I mean, they're every guy listed Malik uh, Cunningham's name by name during the press conferences this week when it was Vanderbilt, they weren't even mentioning, they were like, yeah, their quarterback can run. And they were like, they didn't even mention Mike Wright's name. They didn't even have that respect. So, you know, it, there was a, there was issues with that week where I think they'll be ready this time. Uh, the really only thing that bought that two areas um, that, really concerned me outside of the the pass rush because like I said I'm not worried about the turnovers because Kentucky's been pretty good in that area all year at avoiding them or one would be in the special teams unit their kick returner is elite you know he had the 90 yard touchdown and they don't 
you know, they haven't blocked any kicks, but they've been, I was looking over and I was talking to some people, they've been really close <laughs> on a couple this year and they make all their field goals. So you can lose points in the kicking game. Um, and the other would just be, um, you know, stopping the, uh, stopping their one receiver, which they've done a pretty good job. I think for the most part at containing other than a couple of plays where Jalen Hyatt sprung free, but they've done a pretty good job with number one wide receivers this year. Uh, but Tyler Hudson, 951 receiving yards. That is, um, second in the ACC, third in the conference with 63 catches, uh, only one touchdown, but he's, you know, racking up a lot of yards. You got to find a way. Uh, to contain him, whether it's going to be Carrington Valentine shadowing or whatever the way, whatever way Brad White's going to attack him. Wait, well, yeah, I thought you were going to jump in, Jay. My fault. Just, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, it's yeah. Well, let's go on to you, man, because like like Aaron said, you you played in the rivalry and 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 got that perspective and and. You know, know what it's like to prep for them and know how bad the fans want Kentucky to beat Louisville. You, you, you've been right all up in it. So so what is this week like for you? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I remember my, I think the first game of my freshman year we played, it was at Louisville. I think it was the first game of the year at Louisville. Uh, yeah, that's right. You guys played them early back then. Yeah, we played, yep. In my sophomore year, we played them the third game of the year, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but freshman year, was the, it was the first game of the year. I didn't play uh, my freshman year against Louisville. But I remember it was, a, you know, it was a real fun environment, though. It was, like, slightly drizzling, super, you know, gloomy outside. Uh, but Louisville was, like, really good. <laughs> Louisville was, like, really good, you know, at the time. You know, they had Charlie Strong, who I like and got a lot of respect for. Um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, who I – you know, always had respect for. They had a squad, man. They were really loaded. Uh, and they, they beat us. And sophomore year, um, you know, it was a day game, noon ESPN game. Um, you know, really, really good crowd at Kentucky. Um, you know, but like I said, that this is the year that – I mean, the, my freshman year is the year that they beat Florida in the – I think it was the Sugar Bowl. Um, they, were, they were good. Sophomore year was the year that they – I think they may, may have lost two games, and they beat Miami in uh, one of those bowls down there. But uh, they always had a good squad, but the rivalry's always good. You know, Stoops don't have to do a, a great job of getting guys ready to play. You know, if you're not ready to play in this game, then you, you don't need to play anyway. Uh, so it's one of those games that, you know, everybody around campus are talking to you about it. Everybody you see in, you know, the academic centers are talking to you about it. Your teachers are mentioning it in class, you know. So it's no – there's no need to get ready for this game. You're either ready or you're not. So um, they'll they'll be ready. You know the the thing that that kind of shake things up is is a senior day. Um, you know that's always a kind of a monkey wrench thrown in the whole process because it's different, right? It takes time. It's a different schedule. So that's the only thing that kind of um, throw things off a little bit. But I don't really see that being a huge factor. Hopefully they don't let it be. But uh, it'll, it'll it'll be a fun game. It'll be, you know, it's a lot of uh, a lot of hate between both fan bases. So that's always fun too. And as emotional as the senior day is, or the, the curveball with the schedule, that's going to be even more so this year with with Chris Oates having his name yeah. called senior day. So yeah. that'll make it even. Uh, a more emotional than they typically are. 
and they are, but just times that by however many you want to times the yeah. everything he's been through with his health. And so to see that number 22 uh, for his last time in, in Kroger Field. So that, that will be uh, another element too, as, as far as that goes. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. That's <laughs> that's going to be a tear-jerking moment for everybody, and I'm so glad he's able to be a part of it. And really, this is this is a pretty uh, significant senior class. I mean, obviously, uh, Will the last two years, but you know, Chris Rodriguez, you know, four years, you know, in and out of the starting lineup, especially the last two. Um, you know, DeAndre Square, of course, uh, and you know, the the question will be on a couple of the guys who have the option to come back next year, uh, JJ Weaver. We'll see what he's going to do. He's going to have – he's actually – Mel Kuyper has him as his number 10 edge rusher. So there is some real draft buzz there. We'll see which way he decides. Uh, I will say I think Kenneth Horsey's going to come back based on this comments Richard Gangrello uh, was making about how he's an elite guard and how they're pretty – they're set at guard next year is what he said, and I don't think he would say that uh, if Kenneth Horsey wasn't coming back. So, you know, that's a good one, but, you know, uh, yeah, like I said, Chris Rodriguez, Will Levis, um, some significant Kavasi smoke before, you know, the last two years, the production kind of wavered off, but, you know, he had some really good moments here. Uh, Brendan Bates has been a productive tight end at times. So, you know, 28 guys getting celebrated, Jaquez Jones. It's a, it's a loaded class. A lot of guys have won a lot of games. It's probably, I mean, it's, this is Stoops' most winningest class, I think. Um, it's got to be. Every, it feels like every year that becomes the new record, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but I think this this group probably blowed out of the water a little bit, though. Uh, yeah. They, they won some games. So, um, yeah, that's always good, man. I'm, I'm sure he. this is probably, you know, keep it, be honest, most proud class at the end of the day when, you know, they help the school win some games. So, um, I'm sure it'll be good, man. But, you know, and like – like Brad White said, you got to flush it, uh, stay composed, and get back to it because at the end of it all, all of those uh, you know emotions that kick off is waiting, man. You got to get you know. It, it, I've been there as a player, uh, obviously a lot of times. You know, just playing from high school on on out. It, you know, it, it definitely you kind of get focused and you kind of get emotional about you know these are guys you'll never play with again. These are guys who are, you know after this game or after the bowl game, you know, they're done. You know, you'll never get a chance to play with them again. Um, so that's, that is, you know, kind of emotional, but you got to have that, uh, you got to have the maturity and the composure to snap out of it and be able to go play a game. So um, it's one of those things, man. Uh, I wish they like maybe did something like that after the game. <laughs> uh, I know, right. From a player standpoint, because it is, you know, it can be a distraction. Hopefully they don't let it be though. Yeah. And then those times when you lose the game, that that was sucked having to do the senior day after a loss. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like Coach K having to do his thing after North Carolina beat him. They had that ceremony for him at center court of Cameron Indoor Stadium. And <laughs> you know he didn't want to be there. You know he was pissed off. They just lost North Carolina last regular season game at home, and then he's got to come out and kind of – yeah. You know, act like you're happy. <laughs> oh man, that was something else. That was something else. That was that was something. But man, if I I got I gotta get to some leadership stuff with y'all too. But man, Jalen, was there some stuff about offense that you was want to talk about too, or, or defense, or the matchup, or did you get to everything that you was wanting to to highlight for the, for 
for Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, for yeah, I know back to you know when we started, he was like, "There's some I want to get to this, and we get to this." Both of y'all said that, so make oh, sure. no, I, I was talking about the uh, the playoff thing that we, you know, oh, that's right. yes, yeah, you know that 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 I want to get to that sometime. So, uh, we good though. We good. To, we go on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, all right. So, somebody help me understand this, man. How? Somebody, please help me understand. How is Louisville <laughs> ranked number five? I mean, not Louisville, LSU. 20. How how is Louisville two? How is Louisville ranked? Period. But how is LSU ranked fifth? Somebody, please explain that to me. Yeah, I, I think I don't get it. The only explanation that I can come up with is the fact they won their division in the SEC. I know they're two lost, but they won their division in the SEC. And what they're, I think, what the committee is telling you is that if they were to Win against Georgia, they're in. I think that's what they're kind of getting. That, yeah, they, they, they definitely are getting at that. But my thing is, this is a team who lost to Florida State. Yes, it did. Not not Georgia. They lost to Florida State. I'm sure first. it is. At, in Louisiana. Yes, basically the home game in New yeah. Orleans. They lost to Florida yeah. State. All right, put that aside. Florida State is a, 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 a mediocre team at best in the SEC. All right, they, they they lose to Tennessee. They get rocky topped. I mean, bad <laughs> in Baton Rouge. In Baton Rouge, like bad, like turn the channel bad. How is that team ranked fifth? And how, like, I don't understand this either. Alabama, nobody's talking about them as far as the playoff concern. But right. check this out: they lost to a great Tennessee team at the time, a very hot Tennessee team. At Tennessee, they lose to um, a uh, a good um, LSU team at LSU. Last player of the game, right? Both games. Both games. I combined four points. Nobody's talking about them when it comes to the playoff picture. But everybody's talking about if TCU were to lose one, they still may have a chance to get in. TCU struggled with everybody on the schedule. Yeah. Everybody, everybody on the schedule. They they didn't blow really. They they don't really have many blowouts against teams that they probably should. So I'm I'm just so confused at, at the LSU thing. Man. I don't I don't get it. You know I kind of yeah. get where they the community want USC to be high. I mean USC is good for college football. They want USC to be up there. USC controls their own destiny. Yeah, they, they're pretty good, even though uh, I can get the, the local youth football team to score on their defense. But they're <laughs> they, they, they pretty good. But on offense, and they got the quote-unquote, they got an excited Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback. I get it. But I, I just don't understand the LSU thing, man. And I don't think what I don't think nobody can say anything that can make me understand it. You yeah. get blown out at home by Tennessee. I mean, blown away at home. And you lose to Florida State. Florida State wouldn't be on – they would be on the bottom – of the standings yeah, when they played in SEC. Yeah. Florida State is a very mediocre team in, in, in most big conferences. You know, the yeah. SEC is just terrible. Uh, so I, I just I just don't get it, man. And I don't, I guess they're kind of at a, at a point where who else do you put up there? Because I don't think Clemson's that good to be ranked fifth. I don't think, you know. I think uh, USC would be the team you could argue should be five ahead of LSU. Yeah. I, I and guess. I don't think they're that good, but they're, you know, one loss team in a power five power five conference yeah i think i just think if you line and i get it if i wasn't from alabama i'd be tired of seeing alabama play in and play off the national championship game too but 
I think if you line Alabama up on a on a neutral site with LSU, they beat them. Yeah. With USC, they beat them. With Clemson, they beat them. They yeah. lost to two hot teams by on the last play of the game at those hot teams' venue. So I, I just I'm confused by that. I don't I don't know how you how can you dock them so hard yeah. for losing, you know, for losing those tight games against two good teams. Yeah, I, I just it'd be hard to rank Alabama over LSU just because of the head to head. I think that's the problem. If they're yeah, that head Yeah, the head to head, so, the head, I get it, you know. Yeah. I, get it. I, I just think I don't know. I think they're <laughs> I don't know how LSU is five. I don't think I'm not huge on USC either. I'm not huge on Clemson at all, but you know, I don't know. A two loss team getting in has never happened before. So it's hard to know how I'd feel, how anyone would feel about it. But you look at LSU's resume, they lost, and this is just the current rankings. They lost to number Florida state's number 16, Tennessee's number 10. So those are the two losses. They've on the teams they've beaten are Alabama. They're seven, uh, let's see, Ole Miss is all the way down to number 20, and that's it. Those are their only ranked wins, uh, 10 and 20. So, yeah, I, I totally understand the, the gripe there. And uh, But if they beat Georgia, you know, it changes everything. So, And I think I, I think the loser the loser of Ohio State-Michigan is probably out, right? I mean, I can't see. Well, I, I think I think if Michigan win, Ohio State get, still got a chance. I think yeah. if Ohio State wins, I think they're going to knock Michigan out. Yeah, because they have the ranked win over Notre Dame, who's up to 15. Right. And, and LSU in Georgia, you know, um, that game could be another game where you turn the channel potentially. I, you know, I think Georgia's, I really do. I think Georgia's that good. But, yeah, you know, I do too. Anything can happen. But this is basically a home game for Georgia. Uh, it is. <laughs> you know, so it's one of those things where we can be turning the channel uh, early in the third, you know, if, if it go how I think it could go. LSU's a good team, don't get me wrong. They're playing good football at the moment. Um, but I don't think I don't think they deserve what they what they're getting right now. I just, you know, I just don't. You know, they they playing good football right now, but I don't think they're one of the top yeah. four. I, I think they're yeah, I think there's just a little bit of bias in that SEC West. I mean, yeah. we all know what how good that division is, and they want it. I mean, give them a ton of credit. Brian Kelly has done a way better job than anyone could have imagined. Oh, he's a great coach. Uh, yeah, in year one. So I, I but I, I do understand it is hard to see that five next to their name because it, it just doesn't I, I just think at the end of the day. Uh, your playoff is going to – I think Ohio State will beat Michigan in, in Columbus. I really do. So, I think it's going to be Georgia 1. I don't see them losing again. I would say Ohio State 2. Uh, that 3 spot, I mean, man, I, I, TCU, what impresses me with them, you're right. Their only blowout win, uh, you know, outside of like Tartland State, they blew out Colorado, who's one of the worst teams in Power 5, if not the uh, – they blew out um, Oklahoma, which is really impressive. And, you know, they have a couple 10-point wins. They actually have four 10-point wins, but that's it. I mean, we saw how close the Baylor game was. and But they find different ways to win every week. Like, they'll they'll win an ugly game when their offense is bad. They'll win a shootout. They'll win at the buzzer with a field goal. They're gritty, man. I don't know what it is that Sonny Dykes has done. Uh, they have a great quarterback. I mean, Max Duggan's a really good quarterback. Uh, but they might, you know, if they win the Big 12 undefeated, they're in. I mean, they have to be. Is was Mississippi State ranked when LSU beat them? They were ranked. They were not actually. No, they were two and zero, oh, and everyone's like, "Oh, how do you not rank them? How do you not rank them?" And then they lost. 
Those LSU, the most deserving of those who aren't really deserving. I think, I guess, I think if you go, if you go back since you know from the playoff history, which you started in 2014, there's never been a team ranked fifth who got beat that bad at home. Mm-mm. Never. There's never been a team ranked fifth who who got blown out at home that bad. I mean, yeah, that, that's alarming to me. Like you, the, I mean, that, that's bad. Um, the, qu- the question would be: If say they hypothetically they beat Georgia, right? Would you put them in over a one-loss USC and a one-loss Clemson? I guess it would be, or even a one-loss TCU. If TCU loses the Texas yeah, they, in the championship. They turn around and beat Georgia. Yeah, I'm putting them in. Okay. If they, if they beat Georgia, they they deserve to be ranked third. Uh, I got you. Yeah. You know, uh, if I mean, if they do that because they're hot right now, they've gotten yeah. better over the year, right? And no doubt, they, they beat Georgia essentially at Georgia almost in a way. I know they kind of probably even the tickets up, but Georgia for Georgia, this is this is I mean, this is this is a fifty minute trip for them. This is a home game almost. Uh, so if they beat Georgia. That that'll be that'll be impressive. I, I'll give them the props then, but and I give them the props now. But it's just tough, you know, to just think of how you know everybody else gets slighted for a loss, and it's definitely SEC bias. Uh, but everybody else gets slighted for a loss. They had a loss against a mediocre team. And then they had a loss against the team uh, who's good, but you got blown out. I don't know. But uh, we'll see. I think they're going to surprise everybody in Atlanta. I think I think it's going to be a four-quarter game. I'm not saying they're going to beat Georgia, but I'm saying we won't be turning in the third quarter. I think – You don't think so? <laughs> I think they're going to hang in and, and uh, you know, most people thought Kentucky and Georgia would be over to the first quarter. I think – I think, yeah. you know, uh, I think Georgia, uh, LSU, you know, we talked about what a good coach Kelly is. Uh, you know, Daniels is playing good at quarterback. I think I think they're going to hang in there and make it interesting. Um, and, it, I mean, they could get dog walked too, but I, I'm, I'm leaning the other way. I think, you know, the SEC championship game, you know, I'm partial to the SEC. It, I think it's going to be a good game. You know, I'm just – you know. It has been, you know, I think maybe Georgia blew out Auburn that one year, but I'm trying to think. I mean, even Florida hung with that really good Alabama team in, in yeah. 2020. Just, uh, last year was obviously a great. Anytime Georgia and Alabama played, it's been really good. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe. The history says so. And I'm just, you know, I'm not saying Georgia's going to play tight. Just, I mean, they've been there and done it. But Ellis, you don't have anything to lose based on everything you just said, Jalen. Nobody thought they'd be there in year one. Hey, we up in here in Atlanta against the champs. Let's go, you know. And, and I just think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a game. Yeah, and I, I, I think, I think Georgia, Georgia didn't. I think, in this, from a coach's standpoint, and probably from a player standpoint too, I'm sure he feeds this to his players. Georgia kind of got a slight sour taste for not winning the SEC last year. They got a slight sour taste, so I think. Did, I mean, how many times have they won it under uh, under um, the new coach Kirby. Kirby? Yeah, once maybe. They've only won one. Yeah, yeah one. the they one won. against the one against Auburn. Yeah, they they've won one, and there there have there have been blowouts in SEC championship game. I mean, I'm, I'm sure y'all remember it was it 2000 and a couple of years Alabama Missouri. played Florida. Was this got blown out? Missouri yeah, got in there and got blown out. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, Florida got blown out by I think Jalen Hurts that one year. Yeah, but, I mean, and yeah, Auburn. I think Auburn blew out Missouri the year Cam then won it. I think yeah, South Carolina. 
South, okay. South, South Carolina. They blew okay. South Carolina. Spurrier made it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they they got me too. <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll see. I, my thing is TCU, man. They 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 doing something right, man. Baylor Baylor had a play where the quarterback got out of the pocket to the left. Uh, had oh, LSU tight, Georgia had a tight end wide open down the field, and uh, for some reason didn't throw it. Um, so I'm sure he's kicking himself. But you know, hey, I got to give Baylor their props, though. I, I mean, at the end of the day, they're undefeated. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see how that we'll see how that goes. The funny thing is. Um, I think they ranked Louisville to kind of hype this Kentucky Louisville thing up a little yep. bit, maybe for ratings or something. Because uh, yeah, Louisville, Louisville's not a top twenty-five team. Yeah, no, they have the reason they got in. The reason they are is probably just a number one. They're the last team in, and two, it's a numbers game because you know they beat like Wake Forest was number ten when they beat them, so that helps yeah. their resume. Even though we all know Wake Forest was never the tenth best team in college football, and North Carolina State. If North Carolina State had their quarterback, they would have killed Louisville. It yeah. just is what it is. But they're on their third quarterback, and yeah. they they were ranked last week. So, you know, there's some games in there that Louisville – and Louisville beat UCF. And, again, I, I don't know how good UCF would be. And how let, Let's see how they play in the Big 12 when they get there. So, it, it, it's just they've gotten, a, they've gotten some help from the numbers game. So, 95, Florida beats Arkansas 34-3 in the SEC Championship game. Yeah, I forgot about that LSU Georgia game. That was a bl- Joe Burrow blew him out. Yeah, ninety nine Alabama, uh, thirty four Florida seven, two thousand Florida beats Auburn twenty eight to six, two thousand two the one that Mark Rick got Georgia beats Arkansas thirty to three, oh three LSU beat Georgia thirty four thirteen, no oh five might have been Mark Rick. Maybe Mark Rick got two. Oh five. No, Mark Rick, yeah, Mark Rick was there. Both yeah. of those. 05, Georgia beats LSU 34-14. And then we do get uh, 2010, Auburn beats South Carolina 56-17. And let's see, Alabama 42, Missouri 13. At <laughs> 2016, Alabama beats Florida 54-16. And that might have been, well, last year, you know, Alabama beat Georgia pretty good, but yeah, what was a, what was that was a, a good game. What was though. a 2000 uh, 2011 LSU in Georgia, or was it 12? I think it's 2011 LSU Georgia. 42 it was 10, 42 22 10, 10, 10, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 10. Oh, in 2019, LSU, yeah, you mentioned that one there, and Burrow them destroyed Georgia. Yeah, I forgot about that game. I totally – that that 2019 season was so good for LSU. Like, I hardly remember. I just know they killed everyone. Everybody. The only – Except for Alabama in the regular season, that game was a one-score game. But every other game was just a bloodbath. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, got to talk about our friends at Lots of Rain, too, before we get in the podcast. You get yourself a quality timepiece. The best sellers, they got a wide array. Compass, Legacy, Atlas, Subnautica, The Navigator, The Atlas Ocean. Watches for men, watches for ladies. It's Black Friday here in a couple days. Get yourself a quality timepiece. Go to the chat and ask a question. Dave and Ben will answer anything you got to ask about your watch. Say, look, I've been listening to y'all on the Believe in Kentucky podcast. Tell me more about the legacy, and they will respond in the chat and let you know. So you get a great watch without spending a great amount of money and they got anything, any type of style, any type of band you need, go to lotterrain.com on the website right now, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. 
Follow them on Twitter. They just talked about a cartographer. I think if I'm pronouncing it right. Follow them on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Check out all the good stuff they got. And tell them you heard about them by listening to us here on the podcast, man. Lotsofrain.com. And a sea of blue. Our good friends put each of these episodes up on their site. And we are grateful for that as well. We cover all the bases that we want to hit on this Kentucky and Louisville. Did we get everything for the Governor's Cup? I think so. I, I, it should be fun. It really should. It, it better be fun. We've <laughs> seen a lot of bad football games, win or lose, really. Just ugly games this year. A couple good ones, but a lot of ugly ones. So let's have a, let's have a fun one here, man. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I, I think, uh, like I said, I, I think this game could be – I think we could see some points. Uh, oh God, I hope so. <laughs> I just, I just think it's, you know, I just think it's, it's one of those matchups, man, where uh, Kentucky should be able to run the ball fairly well, and we all, we all know that uh, that's play action bombs time with the quarterback and uh, Barry on Brown down the field. So, I think it could be some points. Uh, I definitely want to see Malik Cunningham play. I just, I just like watching the kid play. He reminds me of kind of like a, a Mark Jackson in a way. Um, and I think he's fun to watch. And I think it would just make the game more fun to watch in general from a football standpoint. Um, so uh, I think, I, you know, I definitely want to see want to see some uh, some fireworks, man. But, you know, I think Kentucky's the better team, you know. So uh, we'll see if they, they play better on that day. Absolutely. So appreciate everybody. Y'all check this episode out. And also check out our merch, too. Here we go to oh, showbelieve.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you follow us on Twitter at Believe in Kentucky, got it pinned on there. Go right to the link. Blue, gray, white. Get yourself a Cat Daddy shirt. And you'll get one for your friends. Like like we mentioned a minute ago, it's Black Friday coming up. Get yourself a shirt. Get yourself a shirt for somebody that you know. And hope everybody likes them. And uh, appreciate everybody that takes the time to listen as well. We'll be back next week recapping Kentucky and Louisville. Hopefully the Governor's Cup stays right where it's at. No need to let that thing travel to Louisville. Keep it right where it's at. Hope to have David Bouvier on here too to recap the season and talk a little bit more Kentucky football. So, man, AG and Jalen, appreciate y'all. We hope everybody comes back next week for another episode of Believe in Kentucky. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.